Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions, and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrooks.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hello and welcome to Premier League All Access with me, Sam Matterface. And alongside me, we have the former Chelsea West Ham defender, Scott Minto. And joining us for his podcast debut is the former Everton and Arsenal legend, Kevin Campbell. Here's what's coming up on today's show. Something big's going to happen. I think they've got a feel that the points deduction was going to happen, but I didn't see, I don't think anyone saw 10 points. And I think there's a couple of other clubs that we well know that should be very worried if this is the case, if this stands up. I, I'd expect an appeal though, and maybe go down to six. This is a can of worms, because let me tell you this much, it's not just Everton with these clubs, because if it could happen at the bottom, it can happen at the top. Well, a very big hello to Kevin. Kevin, how are you? Okay? I'm very well, thanks, Sam. Very, very well. Good. Cheers for coming on the programme. Scotty, um, a weekend off of uh, Premier League action. Even Charlton had their game called off because of international call-ups. They did, mate. So I was in the studio with Adi Oladipo on Saturday afternoon. So around the Wales game and had a lot of fun with, with him. So, yeah, all good. Yeah, we might talk about Wales very shortly because that was quite a disappointing result for them. We'll talk about England as well because um, it was a disappointing performance. Yeah, okay, we know that. Uh, But we probably should look ahead to North Macedonia and beyond, actually, and and to what England can hope to achieve next summer. We'll do that in just a second. The North Macedonia game is live on TalkSport on Monday night. But even though there's been no Premier League fixtures this weekend, there has been a seismic announcement And it's affected quite a lot of people, but especially if you're a fan of Everton. It's our understanding here at TalkSport, and it's now being confirmed. Everton have been given a 10-point penalty after the independent commission hearing on alleged breaches of Premier League profit and sustainability rules. The punishment applies immediately. It points to a situation where we are going to see very, very strong penalties against teams that are in breach of uh, rules of this nature. I thought that there might be an element of the Premier League bottling it because the next cab off the rank is going to be Man City. And once you've set a precedent of points, then you've got that in your armoury and you're going to use it again. Listen, the Premier League are against us, the referees against us, that's managers always say that, but the Premier League are going to be against us. The siege mentality in that Everton dressing room is going to be absolutely rock solid. For me, one of the great things that will come out of this and... Everton fans don't, you know, take this personally, but this thing is a good thing for football 
the negligence come from ridiculous transfer policy yeah. that has got them into trouble? I don't think there is an Everton fan that will be surprised by what's happened. If there's an opportunity to kick Everton, then that's exactly what happens. And historically, the club have never stood up for itself. Well, unless you've been living under a rock, um, you will have heard the news by now that Everton have received a 10-point deduction for breaching the rules of profit and sustainability. Kevin, obviously you were part of a team that fought, scrapped to stay in the division. You part of, you've watched the club scrap to stay in the division on a number of occasions. You've seen them do much more than that as well. I mean, just from your Evertonian background, what was your initial reaction to this points deduction Sam I have to say I was shell-shocked when I when I heard um, I, I was hoping you know with my heart I was hoping that it would be a fine but if it was going to be points I was thinking maybe three to six points maximum because let, let the way I look at it Sam if you go into administration you get nine. So it could it could be nowhere near that because obviously if you've if you've gone past the rules if you've you, you've you've gone against the rules etc I thought it would be that but when I saw te- when I heard ten points I couldn't believe it honestly I was shell shocked and yeah if 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 there is a breach I, I understand they must be punished and I don't think any Evertonian or myself ever said that the club shouldn't be punished if they breached whatever but. Knowing that the club worked very closely with the Premier League, knowing that this this commission got put together and probably of three teams, Everton were going to be the first up with one issue, I thought, I, I understand it, it might be a, a marker setter, but trust me, I didn't, I didn't see 10 points coming. I don't think many people saw 10 points coming, Scott. And uh, I think... The other thing is about it is, and we'll talk a little bit further in detail about what could happen next, but it's it's the idea, really, that they didn't cheat. What they did was act foolishly. They, they weren't, it wasn't as if they were, it was backhanded payments or they weren't, there wasn't corruption involved here. They weren't cheating anybody. They weren't trying to sort of hide what they'd done. They just weren't very good at it. Um, and, and that's a bit of a concern for me. But also the other thing is, is that this is a club at this moment in time who are trying to build a huge infrastructure project. And as a result of that huge infrastructure project, that's found, they found it a lot more difficult to stay within these profit and sustainability rules. Now, look, the, the amount of money that you can write off for infrastructure, whatever, I'm not entirely sure of the, all of the details on that. But I just wonder whether or not if clubs now are going to be shocked by this to such an extent that it discourages them from those big infrastructure projects, which we need in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an absolute can of worms, isn't it, when you think about it? And look, it, it's the Premier League who, who sort of found them guilty as such, but it's the independent body who found them guilty, then put the 10 points on there. And I, I do think it's harsh. I'm with Kev... You know, if three to six points, I think would have been fair because we hardly we've only seen this once before with Middlesbrough back in '97, and they're only or not even twenty million pounds over the you know allowed losses of one hundred and three million, one hundred and five million over three years. Having said that, 
they have broken the rules and rules are rules. I just think that the, the penalty itself is harsh and absolutely, you know, it, it, will, it might deter clubs on, on doing something similar. But at the same time, we know how much money they've wasted. I mean, they have been ridiculous in the amount of money they've spent. So in that sense, there's over £200 million written off due to sort of COVID and other things, Sam. Um, but obviously that final £20 million wasn't to be. This is a really badly run club that looks like it's going to turn around on the pitch. And I think Sean Dyche, I can speak from a player's point of view, I wonder whether he said something a few weeks ago because the, the turn in form has been pretty much sensational since uh, the Bournemouth game where I was at, um, say, Upton Park. I was at London Stadium where I thought they were superb, really well organised. I thought they were unlucky to lose to Liverpool 2-0. Very good wins against Burnley in the Cup, a draw against Brighton and and, and to beat Crystal Palace at Sellers Park as well. So it's very much a galvanising effect in terms of this, something big's going to happen. I think they've got a feel that the points deduction was going to happen, but I didn't see, I don't think anyone saw 10 points. And I think there's a couple of other clubs that we well know that should be very worried if this is the case, if this stands up. I, I'd expect an appeal though, and maybe go down to six. Yeah, I think the, the the legal experts suggest an appeal, but the problem is there's not much grounds for appeal, bearing in mind they've admitted that they have breached the rules. So the only thing that they would be appealing is the severity of the punishment. Uh, and you may well get something off that. But uh, ultimately, one of the experts that I was reading this week said, well, look, if you think about it carefully, over four seasons, they've benefited from this. So if they've benefited from the fact that they haven't, um, that they've been spending this money over four, benefited, in, I suppose, in the inverted commas, because let's be completely honest, they haven't benefited with much on the field of play. Um, then if you benefit for four seasons and you take off two points a season, that's eight points. So the idea of a 10-point deduction or an eight-point deduction or a six-point reduction in your your total for this season is probably about right really what really concerns me kevin is that it came out soon afterwards that leeds united leicester burnley southampton potentially nottingham forest all have already been given the all clear to lodge their cases in the courts against everton and sue them for compensation for things that have happened to them as a result of Everton breaching these rules. Now, I didn't realise this was the case, and no one really knew that this was the case up until the Commission published its finding because it was kept locked away. Now, I think we heard rumours that there was going to be the possibility of clubs suing, but we were just like, yeah, I doubt that they'll do that. That sounds a little bit spurious. Even Simon Jordan was saying, well, where have we heard this from? He was a bit sort of sceptical about it as well. But the truth is, Kevin, that there is a rule in the Premier League handbook which says if a uh, club is, has breached rules which costs a, another club and then they decide that they want to sue for compensation, they are able to do that. So there is a possibility that the next stage of this punishment is that between them, those four clubs can kill off Everton. Well... <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, Sam, the, the punishment doesn't fit the crime um, because what the crime is supposed to be and the points, this is what that's what I would say. But moving on to your point, these these clubs did lodge their disgust and their issues with the Premier League previous. So so much was riding on this situation. You know, clubs had been relegated 
etc. And somebody broke it somewhere to them that, you know, Everton might be under the pump. But, but here's the problem, Sam, and I'm telling you, Scott made a really good statement at the start. He said this is a can of worms because let me tell you this much. It's not just Everton with these clubs because if it could happen at the bottom, it can happen at the top. Absolutely. And it can happen in so many different ways as well, can't it? I mean, what happens next? Do the Sheffield United sue the company that um, put in the Hawkeye technology for the goal that was disallowed in the previous season, which left Aston Villa uh, with a victory and then they went on on a brilliant run and ended up uh, staying up as a result of that. Do we go back to that? Do we go back even further to, to, to the FA? Do they have a go at um, FIFA? Do they try and sue FIFA for not allowing Frank Lampard's goal in the 2010 World Cup? Because that could have changed the course of history. You know, there's all these things. Where does where are the dividing lines? Where are the where are the uh, where are the parameters? Sam, if you're Chelsea, if you're Chelsea and you're Manchester City, you've got to be worried because now that the court cases are coming, I mean, let, let's just take Manchester City for a case. 114, 115 charges spread over a, a let's say just call it a decade spread over a decade you're telling me for every single year of that, that Manchester City obviously they are not they are not found guilty yet but if there's 115 charges there will be some Everton had one charge and they got 10 points what is going to happen to Manchester City over all them years with all those clubs who have probably missed out on trophies, missed out on league positions, etc.? All those sorts of things. And that's the problem, isn't it? It's not now just what happens to Manchester City. Should they be found guilty? And you're right to say that because we don't know that's the case at this moment in time. It's not really what happens to Chelsea if and when they are given their punishment because they've already admitted their breaches it's what the other clubs are then going to do in order to seek recompense for those breaches and the knock-on impact. Scott, it actually becomes incredibly soulless thinking that the last decade and everything we knew about it may well be eradicated, asterisk, or forgotten about because ultimately all we'll be doing is talking about punishments, legal cases and courtrooms and football really is the loser, isn't it? Do you know what, Sam? I mean, we could talk for hours about this and it's so worrying to think that could be the case. This could be, and as, as you know, Kev sort of said in inverted commas, a decade, this could be the, the decade in English football that we, we try not to talk about and, you know, going forward because of, of what could happen. Look, I, again, going back to the Everton case, I understand, you know, with the potential independent regulator on the horizon, the Premier League and, you know, the independent body, are they 100% independent? You know, were they not given a little bit of a, a nudge from the Premier League to say, we've got to hit them hard here? But by hitting them hard, as Kev says, for one case, I mean, and you said earlier, and they've not tried to hide money, you know, allegedly Chelsea have set up under Roman Abramovich accounts to for money to be switched. You know, that that's hiding money if that is to be the case. So then how hard do you hit them? And then if you, if you try and justify the two points over the last season and each season, then you're talking, I personally don't think you can justify two points a season. I think it's whatever this particular season is and then you hit them for that. But at the same time, if you can and anybody can, 
then again, we we'll go back to that phrase as an absolute can of worms. Oh, it's it's, it's going to Sam, be Sam, I made I made a comment on. Um, I've done an interview. I made a comment saying that if you're Chelsea or you're Manchester City, for what they've done, allegedly, and if if they get found guilty, Chelsea could be relegated to League One, League Two, and Manchester City, considering what Everton got for one charge, they might lock the doors. <laughs> and 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 I know we 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 laugh at it, but. Because you could imagine the Everton fans and the, the club are going to be baying for blood. Because if you do not attack Manchester, Chelsea and Manchester City in the same with the same energy, which is what everybody's going to be looking at now, then you're going to hear the shouts of corruption. It's a farce. It's this and that. And it is worth pointing out, Kevin. There's a lot of talk about all of this because. I was just having a, a semi-argument with one of the producers who said, oh, yeah, well, it's not fair on Everton because of Manchester City. And you're like, well, hold on a second. What needs to be explained here, which doesn't get explained enough because Manchester City are doing their very level best with lots of lawyers and litigations to ensure that no one discusses it, um, is that the Everton uh, process took around about six months to sort out, right? And... In that process, there were 28,000 documents that needed to be analysed by all sides. 28,000 documents. That's not 28,000 pages. That's 28,000 documents that needed to be analysed and scrutinised by everybody involved. Now, the Manchester City case is not just one charge, as Kevin has already pointed out. It's 115. Can you just think for one second how many documents have to be scrutinised during that period. Think about the lawyers, the litigation, the, the amount of eyeballs that need to go through those lines of text. It will take a very long time. So the reason that it is taking such a long time is because the case is so much bigger on such a grander scale that is is not going to be finished anytime soon. They reckon they'll have the first hearing before the end of 2024. The punishment initial, if there is a punishment meted out in the early part of 25, there'll be a subsequent appeal. It's Manchester City. They're not going to just walk away from it. So this is going to be going on for at least two years anyway, which is not, again, very good for football and not very good for the Premier League. Oh, dear, oh, dear. That is quite a... Uh, Quite a depressing fact, really. Uh, talking of depressing facts, uh, we won't talk too much about the Malta game on Friday night, but at least with international football, it is football in its purest form. No one plays for money. It's just because they're attached to a country. And that's a great thing. Let's get on to England. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a night that brings us back to where it all began. The first of Gareth Southgate's 90 matches in charge came at home to Malta seven years ago. And Malta with an opportunity inside the opening 30 seconds. Mark Gurhi to bring it forward and then Foden has stabbed it into the inside right channel. Will make his way forward and he's driven in and in for own goal. It's a terrible mistake by the goalkeeper who then fouls Kane. It's going to be a penalty to England. Or has he going to book Kane for diving here? He is. Remember, England haven't had a single attempt on or off target so far with 37 minutes. Unless something happens from sort of Trent Alexander or Foden, I'm not seeing anybody else creating anything in our ranks. There will be a real nervousness around Wembley if this was still nil-nil at the midway through the second half. England with one difficult shot, well, half difficult shot for the goalkeeper to deal with. Walk into the feet of Foden. Foden to Saka. Saka to King. He scores! Kane's 15th goal in his last eight games. It's his 40th in a qualifier for England. The result was okay. Performance, not really okay. But England have beaten Malta by two goals to nil. Well, England bored everyone to tears on Friday night. And I don't want to go in too hard on them, Scott, because I think there are games that you have probably played in. Kevin, you've probably played in it as well where you are so much better than the team that are in front of you that it is very difficult, especially if they're determined just to spoil the game. I mean, Trent Alexander-Arnold got kicked about 20 times in the first 15 minutes of that match. If the opponents are determined to spoil it, then it's quite difficult for you to make a spectacle out of it isn't it Scott look I mean you know I made a joke about me you and Crookie could have played in the game and uh, and we would have been okay it definitely would have been okay with Kev up front but I actually thought Malta um, I thought they played above themselves you know one of those teams who just go to Wembley and it's like wow you know and I, I thought their tactics for the the limited ability that they have was spot on why let Trent have time on the ball why not go for it why try why not try and press and almost scored in the first minute so uh, you know the stats of before the game of played seven lost seven scored two uh, conceded 18 I think belied how well they played having said that we should be beating them by four and five and to have the first shot on target in the 64th minute not good enough. Now, I don't really particularly think um, the team was badly picked by Gareth. I think ultimately you've got to go out there and try and show what you can do. I look for the positives, but also see what perhaps didn't work. The positives for me, Phil Foden, I think he's a really good player. I'd love to see him in the centre as well, rather than out wide. I thought Trent was as silky as they come. His passing was brilliant. And there were a few players who I thought were a little bit disappointing. Marcus Rashford being one of them. Conor Gallagher, I thought, tried his best, but didn't do particularly well. Wasn't given an opportunity in the second half, of course. But the bottom line is, unless you win this game by fives and six, there's always going to be criticism. It's not about this game. It's about what happens and getting ready for the major tournaments. Conor Gallagher, I didn't think played particularly well in the first half, but I think he was. it wasn't the right team that was picked because 
Conor Gallagher is a pressing machine, and if you use him, you're using him for a team that have got the ball, and you're trying to win it back high up. Well, Morton never wanted the ball, quite happy not to have it, so he was sort of redundant in a way, so he couldn't really get into the game, and he almost looks like in those circumstances, sometimes that he's playing like a headless chicken. He's not. His job is to press, but if someone isn't there to press or they don't have much of the ball, then he's not a playmaker. Kevin, how much responsibility is it on England to entertain as well as win matches? Well, that's the name of the game, Sam. The, the first thing is to win. The second thing is to entertain. Big crowd at Wembley. All the internationals are, are going to be well supported. So you've got the best team, best players in the country together. You expect them to entertain. I think the best thing to happen was, I could say about it, was it was, uh, it was an off day. That's the best thing I could say because I, I, I thought a few players played well for a bit, but they were. It was an awful. It was an awful team performance. They weren't at the races. It, it was. It, it was. I'll be honest. It was crap. It was crap to watch. It was crap to watch. But the most important thing, you know, what I've seen England play poorly and lose. Play poorly. Win the game, forget about it, and then go to the next one. And 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 I know, of course, the demands of the press, the demands of the fan base. We should be winning four, four, five, and six. But Scott said it. You know, Malta. They they had the right goal. They they weren't sitting down. They weren't letting England settle on the ball and do what they wanted. Gareth Southgate had to actually change it to really get the team going in the second half. He had to bring on probably Saka and, and these guys probably didn't pro- probably didn't want to bring them on. But because the team weren't functioning as well as they, they probably should have, he's had to bring them on to just get their noses further in front and, and, and see the game out. Yeah, Cole Palmer, I thought, did quite well when he came on. Um, they're playing against North Macedonia on Monday night. Pretty much now, unless Turkey win 10-0 or something, the... Uh, on the final uh, international round of matches, then England will be in pot one. North Macedonia, you know, they caused uh, Italy a few problems over the weekend. They dragged themselves back from 3-0 down to 3-2, ended up losing the game, but actually, you know, they are competitive. I was at the uh, first game between these two at Old Trafford earlier in the season, and England absolutely smashed them 7-0. I mean, it was... It was, it was a fantastic performance by England. And England are capable of that when they're in, in top form. I, I think after what's happened on Friday, they'll probably be in mind of sort of going there and, and sort of putting a, a marker down. I think it'll be a good game. It's live on Talk Sport. And when they get to the European Championship, Scott, um, they look like they're going to be in the top pot, which is an advantage in a sense, isn't it? Because it means they're, they're kept away from France, Germany, Spain, Portugal, who the top scorers in Europe at this moment in time, 34 goals in their matches up until this point. Um, but they could still bump into a couple of uglies in that uh, in that second pot. The Netherlands will probably be in pot two. Um, I mean, Switzerland look like they're going to be in pot three or four, which is a, a bit of a worry because they can always cause teams problems as well. And uh, what else was I looking at in terms of the pots this week? I was I noticed that, um, yeah, Turkey, Denmark, Albania, Romania all could be in pot two. So 
it's not going to be an easy, whatever you get now in that um, that final tournament, it's not going to be an easy group, is it? I'll be honest with you, Sam, I'm at the stage now where I think that, and, and believe it or not, I am a Gareth um, fan. I, I just don't agree with everything he does. I think the culture he's created are almost, this is the one, this is the climax, this is the one for him, where not only has he created that culture, now the players are good enough and one of the best squads in the very world and one of the very best squads in the world. So I just really do think now that whoever we play, I don't care. We should be winning. And we have to now get that mentality of it doesn't matter who we play because we need to scare the other ones. And again, I, I heard Rio Ferdinand talking in 2002 that from the game in the quarterfinal against Brazil where he was kind of, I can't remember the word he used, so I'm paraphrasing, but but scared, worried, whatever, uh, ahead of that game. And he said from that, that yeah, and he said from then on, that I, I never felt like that again. I told myself never to do that. But that's what Brazil did to teams at that time. And I genuinely believe that's what we should do to other teams as well. We should be much more worried about, or they should be much more worried about us than we are about them. I personally think it's between us and France. And so I think that's the case, isn't it? You know, a lot of teams are wor- more worried about us, Kevin, now, aren't they? And that's why we have these games where teams come and try their best to stop us from playing because it's a huge game for them. Big time. Uh, I think the, 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 the Premier League plays such a massive part in, in the mentality side for teams. And then when you amalgamate all of, all of our best players, and they've seen, they've seen the emergence of the Foldens and the Sackers. Kane's been a, a, a revelation, as we know, for, for a number of years. But you start to see these young, quality, talented players performing on the international stage. I can guarantee you, the same way we think about it can get a bit hairy, no team wants England. I will say that now. No team wants England. Our problem is, do we believe? Do we really believe we are that team who should go and win it? Because we have to have that mentality. If we have that mentality going into the tournament, and, and Scott's right, Gareth Southgate has built a culture, but it's time to deliver now. He's got to deliver some silverware. Because I believe if he delivers silverware, then he has a squad who could definitely challenge for a World Cup. Okay. Definitely. Um, Scotland will also be there. Um, um, but one of the big sort of storylines that sort of came out of the Scotland uh, uh, build up to their game later in the week against Norway was the fact that Erling Haaland isn't going to be available because he's picked up another injury. And so many players have got these injuries, and England are without uh, some players because of injuries, some because of other issues as well. Um, but uh, the en- sheer number of injuries around is, is really quite worrying, actually. Uh, something we discussed in the Sunday session this weekend was about you know what what you can do to mitigate against that and whether or not actually we have to just understand now that you can't play as many games as uh, as you want you can't play 70 80 games every single season and not expect to get injured you might have to sort of somehow come up with a way of having a bigger squad a more rounded squad and start thinking more about rotation now on a more regular basis um one man who is uh, got a bit of a job on his hands and before we go we better focus on this and you did watch them on saturday scott Rob Page, I mean, is it time to turn the page on Rob's chapter in charge of Wolves? Look, I, I, I personally think that it was always going to be difficult post-Gareth Bale. And and what's happened in the previous years under Bale and Ramsey and Joe Allen as well, I think was 
really the golden age of, of Welsh football history. So to think then that it should just naturally carry on, I think it's going to be very difficult. Look, I watched the game and the, the substitutions were made. We we're talking about sort of Brennan Johnson, Dan James, when do they come on? You know, and, and Dean Saunders made a really good point that doesn't necessarily have to come on for the attacking players. They can come on for one of the, you know, maybe James or Ampadu. That's the only slight criticism I would have. But you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, Sam. You make changes you know, and you don't go on and win. And actually, they looked a little bit more disjointed when the changes were made. And if anything, Armenia looked like they were going to go on and win the game. I think he needs time. I think he's learning in the job. Unless always my sort of thought pattern is, unless there's a standout character out there and candidate out there that can come in and you know will do a pretty much a, 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 at least a good a job, if not better, then let the guy carry on what he's doing. It's, it's very difficult. He got them to the World Cup. It was a poor World Cup. We'll see what happens. Still got the playoffs, of course, and still might get through that way. But unless there's a standout candidate anywhere, give him chance. Give him another go. Okay. Um, yeah, the result that they got at the weekend, a 1-1 draw with Armenia, means that they have to beat Turkey on Tuesday. Hope Croatia don't win at home. But if all else fails, they do have the option of the playoffs in March. But playoffs are quite tricky. You have to win against two different teams in order to get there. So there's six paths, isn't there? or three paths, sorry, involving each of them involving four teams. It's very long and convoluted, but eventually, um, if you win your games, then you can go to the European Champions League. Three places going to be available after this week. Um, we've got um, our podcast on Wednesday comes from uh, Stratford. We're in the orbit, aren't we, doing our, our visualised podcasts. Uh, Scott has sorted that out for us. Uh, Crookie will be with us as well as we build up to the Premier League weekend. That will be out on Thursday morning when you wake up. Kevin, thank you very much. Delight to have you for the first time. Pleasure. Yeah, Thank you. Great. Thank you, Sam. We appreciate Cheers, it. Super, Kevin. Hopefully, uh, well, after what we've talked about, maybe Everton uh, only getting uh, 10 points might be sort of like, uh, they might end up winning the league on the basis that everybody else gets 25 <laughs> or 30 after the next, the next few, few weeks. So, you know, you never know. It could be a positive thing in the long run. You might actually uh, win yeah. the Premier League title with a, with a positive, with just one point. Everyone else is yeah, in the minus. Get a couple of points, you know, that'll be it. <laughs> thank you very much for coming on appreciate that and Scott um, have a good weekend and we'll see you soon uh, that's it from Premier League All Access remember we've got live commentary of that England game it's live on Monday night uh, I guess North Macedonia away from home and then we'll be back on Thursday morning to build up to a huge massive weekend of Premier League football which also includes Manchester City against Liverpool live and only on TalkSport The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply.